0: To the audio road network it's time for questions from the audio
1: road with kevin rutherford
0: this show is all about the business of trucking
2: we're live monday through friday midnight eastern call 646-595-4967
3: your truck and your road to success in the trucking industry.
4: This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs,
3: back in your
4: pocket.
5: Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, ADA, ADA Road Dog. We are here live. Pick up the phone and give me a call. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. 888 road dog is the number. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Boy, there is a lot going on in the industry. And uh, I've been really busy the last uh, almost two months I've been on the road. So I have all my travel time. I've been doing a lot of events. The truck show is coming up. I have one more event after that. But I took some time today to try to really get caught up on my reading. I had gotten behind. And all the news is good. Um, the, a lot of the February numbers are in now. Um, rates are looking good for this time of the year. And they're really looking like they're ready to take off. Flatbed freight is on fire right now. And that's actually a little early. That's a good sign. Trailer orders. Uh, set a record in February and that's a good sign that carriers are seeing the need for more trailers there's a lot of freight it, it's hard to add well it's not hard to add trucks but it's hard to add drivers and without drivers there's no point in adding trucks but you can add trailers trailers allow you to will probably see a lot more spot uh, trailer loads happening And shippers realize there's a shortage of trucks right now, whether it's drivers or trucks or whatever, there's a shortage of capacity. And every indicator seems to be that it's going to get worse and shippers are worried. So there will be pressure on shippers to change the way they do things, which this is all good news for drivers and especially for Uh, owner-operators, and small carriers. So shippers will start to realize between the capacity crunch and the ELD mandate that they can't hold trucks up at the dock anymore. Now, it's still going to happen, but it's going to start changing. There's a lot of pressure on shippers right now. Shippers are going to have to accept more spotted trailer uh, accounts and loads, and that's why I think we're seeing trailer orders up. Uh, numbers are in for 2017. Looks like a really good year for owner-operators. The The average net revenue, net is after all expenses, uh, was slightly higher than $60,000 for 2017. Now keep in mind that's an average, and that number is really influenced by lease purchase programs where those numbers are significantly lower than that. Um, Our accounting shows that we set records in 2017. We had more owner-operators net north of $100,000 than ever before, and it looks like 2018 is going to be better. A, a ton of news on autonomous trucks. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I could do the rest of the show easily on all the reports I read on autonomous trucks. I started talking about this about a year ago, and people got really upset. And every time I would talk about it, they would get upset, saying I was promoting autonomous trucks. That's insane. I, I've spent the last 25 years creating products and services and help for truck drivers and owner-operators. Why would I promote a technology that would put me out of business? It's not a matter of promoting it. It's a matter of staying on top of it and not putting your head in the sand. So when I talk about it, I'm not talking about it because I like it. Uh, Although short-term, I think there's some really exciting stuff there. We're going to have people driving trucks for a very long time, but autonomous technology is here. It's not in the testing phase anymore. It's being used to move freight all over the country. I mean, I'm not even going to take the time to list all of the places that I know that it's being used. Again, not testing, already moving freight. Now, there has been a test, I'll tell you about that, with no driver in the truck at all. I didn't think we would see that yet, but that is being tested now. Autonomous trucks with drivers in them are already moving freight. Platooning is already happening, moving freight. We're already testing on the roads. This wasn't on a test track. There is a company that tested on the highway A truck with no driver in it whatsoever. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to have trucks without drivers moving a lot of freight anytime soon. It doesn't mean we're going to have a lot of autonomous trucks. But they're coming, they're here, and it's happening faster than anybody predicted. I I remember reading an article just a month ago where some writer who was a technology writer said, My kids might travel in autonomous cars, meaning that it's not going to happen anytime soon. I think he couldn't be more wrong. It is going to happen. It's already happening. But it's going to be a long transition. So I don't think drivers have anything to worry about right now. They are testing Fully autonomous cars on the road as well with no drivers. That's already happening. There are services already using um, autonomous vehicles with drivers, you know, as a backup to do lots of things. There is a company in Tampa, I believe, somewhere in Florida, pretty sure it was Tampa, that has... uh, little shuttle buses, I think they carry like seven passengers, they are being used on public roads with no driver. That's already happening. Uh, Disney is going to be uh, using those that same company on Disney property, which is public roads. If you've ever been on Disney property, it's very big. It's very confusing. There are a lot of roads. Disney is going to be moving people with fully autonomous vehicles, no drivers. So this stuff's coming. And I, and I don't say that to worry you or to, you know, presume that you're going to be out of a job. It, it's, that's not how this is going to work. But you need to stay on top of that and know what's going on. Uh, another technology, I'm sure you've heard this word, and you're probably just as confused as everybody else blockchain. We talked about it a couple times on this show. I admitted I didn't understand what blockchain was. I kind of knew the big picture. So I took some time and did a lot of reading. And I've got a fairly good idea of what blockchain is now and how it's going to be used in trucking. But literally, I read 15 articles a day. This company's joining the blockchain alliance. This company's joining the blockchain alliance. I see it everywhere. And when I talk to people, I ask them, do you know what blockchain is? No, I keep seeing it, but I don't understand it. Let me give you the really big picture. Blockchain is just another way to move information around. But it's a much more sophisticated way than what we have right now. So we have, you know, email and text and chat and forms and documents and software and systems and servers. And blockchain is a way to bring data together that completes a transaction from start to finish. And when I mean start to finish, it could mean that the, the start of the transaction is at a manufacturer in China And the end of the transaction is when a consumer buys it in a little shop in Ohio. And every transaction in the middle of that gets handled by the blockchain. Contracts are negotiated automatically. It's a a very complicated technology to understand. So let me tell you what you need to know about blockchain. Really. Nothing. There is nothing about blockchain that is going to matter to you and I today or anytime soon. There's nothing about blockchain you or I can use in our business anytime soon or in our life. It may affect us. We may move freight that gets touched by the blockchain sometime soon, next year, maybe more, but it won't matter. You won't know the difference. So if you're confused about blockchain, ignore it. See, there are some things you can ignore, and I'll help you with it. Blockchain, you can ignore. It's not going to matter. Autonomous technology, you need to keep an eye on that. I'll help you with both. I'm going to get to a break. We're going to come back and get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin
0: driver that wants to take control of your own destiny and have the freedom to make the choices that affect you and your loved ones every day if the answer is yes then stop holding the steering wheel audio program was designed for you in this one-of-a-kind audio program kevin rutherford reveals the secrets to running a successful trucking business taking the plunge to owner operator finding and negotiating for a new truck and managing money once you earn it Are you willing to do the hard work? It's time to stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. Order your copy today and create the business you've always wanted. Visit our online store at letstruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
4: Hey, Audio Road listener, what is your profit per mile? How about your cost per mile or even your bottom line? Stop driving blind and know your numbers. Profit Gages is absolutely simple bookkeeping specifically for owner-operators. Have instant access to business and tax reports that will help you increase your profits and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Sign up for Profit Gages today and take advantage of our 30-day free trial. Know your numbers and master the journey. Visit our website at Let'sTruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
6: get yours today at letstruck.com or call our tribe care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
1: Or call Tribe Care Team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
5: I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888. Rodog, we've got lots of calls lined up, so I'm going to get right to it. Let's head off to Washington. Brenda, welcome to the program.
7: Oh, hey, Kevin. How are you?
5: Good. What can I help you with tonight?
7: Um, Well, I sent you a question on Facebook, but somewhere along the line with everybody answering, I couldn't get the right answer. Okay. But I just took your course. Uh, The first course for Stop Holding the Steering Wheel, but I'm going to be going team with a guy who works for Mercer, and he has his own truck. Okay. So my question is, he's thinking about starting to give me a 1099 and then pay me like a company driver. But then you mentioned something about being IC with him. So I know there's pros and cons to both, but what would be the best? Well, let,
5: let me, because I'm a little confused. You, you actually said three, you said a 1099, and that, that indicates an independent contractor. So those two are the same. But then you said pay you as a company driver. Oh, they're
7: the same. Okay.
5: Yeah. A, a, independent contractors yeah. receive 1099s. So that's, when you hear it said either one of those ways, that's the same thing. Then you said something about, but pay me as a company driver. Now that assumes a W-2 and taxes withheld. Those would be the two different right. ways. So which way is it? Or are you asking which one's better?
7: So he's – yeah. Well, I know with the new tax laws, he'll be good, but he was already talking going the IC route. So, okay. Because so, all the truck payment truck insurance maintenance comes out of his –
5: Yeah, you're so. There's two questions here, really. One is the legality of it. it. Does it meet the rules? Do you meet the rules of an independent contractor? And the answer to that question is no, you don't. So if you know, but nobody follows those rules is the problem, and the IRS has been really lousy at enforcing those rules. So it just keeps happening that people don't follow the correct you know rules and regulations. you are in the scenario you're describing, tis truck you're going to be driving it doesn't matter okay. if you drove it yourself as a team. you don't own the truck and you don't control anything right. and you don't stand a profit from the operation of that truck you just get paid to drive it. That makes you an employee by the regulations. So that's one part of the question. The other part is, which one's better for you or him Uh, or both? And if we were answering this question last year, I would have said, well, paying you as an independent contractor and giving you a 1099 certainly benefits him, um, but not you. But that's all changed now because of the, the new tax law it actually does benefit both of you. So I, I'm conflicted when I answer this because I want to tell people, here are the regulations, here's the way it should be done. Uh, and I used to tell people, you really shouldn't work as a as an independent contractor because you're kind of getting screwed, but that's not the case anymore. Uh, people are actually going to their employers now and asking to become independent contractors. And... You know, I I think we'll see some changes, and, you know, people who work at home can probably, you know, qualify. You know, there's there's no real downside here for you. If there's any risk, it's his risk, not yours. As long as, uh, let me just be clear about this, as long as you stay up with your taxes and pay them on time, that's your only risk. But you have no risk that this will actually save you money. And there's nothing the IRS could come back on you for, as long as you're paying all your taxes. The, he's the one that could be at risk where they could potentially, they really don't do this very often, hardly ever, but they could potentially go back on him and say, no, she was an employee, and make him pay all the back taxes as far as Social Security and Medicare, but that really never
2: happens.
7: Right, but as long as I'm paying, keeping up on them, we'll be okay. Yeah. And I plan on doing that. Yeah, you, you know, you're... It was just, you have know, taken the course, and even though I didn't get my EIN number yet, it was kind of, but now I'm going in this no, direction.
5: Okay, so let know. me let me save you some time. Until you are ready to buy your own truck, don't bother with the EIN number. You don't need an EIN number to okay. work as an independent contractor. The only reason I have it in the course is once you buy a truck and there's a a certain tax you have to pay, the heavy vehicle use tax, uh, it's also referred to as a 2290 tax because that's the form number, that's where the EIN is required. I wish the IRS would drop that, but to work as an independent contractor, just use your Social Security number. It's easier. Okay,
7: yeah, because for right now, you know, we're coming, I'm coming in with him. It's like separate money until things might change to where, you know, that money might be together. Yeah. So okay. that was just my question was trying to figure out what to do. And you answered that finally. Thank you.
5: Yep. You, you, for you, it's going to be really easy. Use your social security number. Just stay up on your taxes. You know, set aside money out of every single settlement every week and, You know, as you start to work and get some money, if you want to call back, we can go over some numbers, how much you should be setting aside each week. And then you'll pay it once a quarter um, with the form, but it's really simple. I can help you with that as well here on the show. Let's go to Texas. Rick, welcome to the program.
8: Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call.
5: What can I help you with? Uh,
8: Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, well, I got a, a question and I'm looking for some advice. So I'll uh, tell you my situation is uh, I took one of them lease purchases, you know. I know you love them. But uh, anyway, I think it's going to work out okay for me. Uh, I got it back in October. So with the down payment and what i paid in so far, I'm about 34000 into it. And I'm, I'm working a loan with a, from a friend to pay it off. And uh, this past year, I paid in 22000 in my quarterly payments. So i I'm looking to, to depreciate the truck and get that back and put it towards the, the, uh, the loan. But the company that I'm driving for, they also did my taxes last year, and they're kind of fighting me on depreciating it. So I was looking for what the uh, what the law was that I could quote to them so, so I could get them to actually do the depreciation for me. They're trying to they, – they agree there's a gray area, and, of course, they tended towards the, the carrier side of it, you know.
5: Yeah, it it is a gray area. You, you, it, there's nothing clear. Now, I will say some leases are very clear. And in order for me to answer it, I would actually have to read the lease agreement. And then I may or may not have a clear answer. Sometimes you read the lease agreement, and based on the way it's structured, I could say, this is clearly a lease, and the IRS is going to want you to treat it as a lease. But then there are some other leases that we could look at and go, no, nah, we could get away with depreciating this, and and the IRS really wouldn't say anything about it. But without reading the lease, I wouldn't be able to say that one way or the other.
8: So, so What in the lease should I be looking for that would, it, I, that would you know, leave me that way? I,
5: I wish it were that easy. If... Well, I can tell you what (laughs) what would make it not depreciable. Um, There are some leases that are true leases. You you will never own the truck. There's no buyout. It's just a lease period. When the lease is over, you just have to go find another truck somewhere. Those are clearly leases, not lease purchases, and you can't depreciate those because you're never going to own that equipment. That's If we read a lease and it's structured that way, I can clearly say, no, you can't depreciate this one. All of the other leases, yeah, we could probably get away with depreciating most of them.
8: Okay, so most likely, I mean, I had a uh, $17,000 down payment on it.
5: That doesn't and, matter.
8: Uh, at the end, I get the title. There's like, No.
5: The down payment doesn't matter. The fact that you get the title at the end could matter. I mean, that starts to lean a little more towards. Yeah, we could probably depreciate this and get away with it.
8: Right. So the last payment's a hundred dollars, and then I get the title.
5: Yeah. Um, I you know for one of our tax clients, I would probably depreciate a lease like that, especially if they were. You know, here's the other problem, and here's why tax preparers get really gun-shy about this. The vast majority of people that start these leases never finish them. Th- that's just the numbers, it, and it's been like that forever. So it just complicates things. You start depreciating something for somebody, and then they never end up own it, owning it, and then they go out of business anyway. And now we've got to clear that up, and it's a mess. So that's why most tax preparers, right. even though, yeah, we could get away with it with the IRS, we hate the hassle of starting all this depreciation, and then we have to go back and fix that. So if, if I knew I had a client, and we were really sure he was going to own the truck, yeah, we might do it. But you get tired of hearing, oh, yeah, I'm going to finish it, I'm going to own the truck, and then they don't. And then you've got to go back and clean up the mess of the depreciation that shouldn't have been i've got to get to a break we'll be right back stick around i'm kevin rutherford
4: hey audio road listener what is your profit per mile how about your cost per mile or even your bottom line stop driving blind and know your numbers Profit Gauges is absolutely simple bookkeeping specifically for owner operators. Have instant access to business and tax reports that will help you increase your profits and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Sign up for Profit Gauges today and take advantage of our 30-day free trial. Know your numbers and master the journey. Visit our website at letstruck.com or call our tribe care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
6: Get yours today at Let'sTruck.com or call our TribeCare team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
1: or call Tribe Care Team at 855 fuel That's 855 3835
0: Are you a driver that wants to take control of your own destiny and have the freedom to make the choices that affect you and your loved ones every day? If the answer is yes, then Stop Holding the Steering Wheel audio program was designed for you. In this one-of-a-kind audio program, Kevin Rutherford reveals the secrets to running a successful trucking business, taking the plunge to owner-operator, finding and negotiating for a new truck, and managing money once you earn it. Are you willing to do the hard work? It's time to stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. Order your copy today and create the business you've always wanted. Visit our online store at Let'sTruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Hey, have
5: you heard? We have an app to make listening to our shows easier than ever. It's free. It's simple. It does one thing, and it does it really well. Download the app, open it, and listen to our shows. The Power Hour, Questions from the Road, Destination Health, and more. Listen live, listen anytime, and never miss a show again. To find it, search your app store for Audio Road. One word, that's Audio Road. It's one more way we help you master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Still time to get through. It's a little easier, especially here late at night. As we get closer to the end, you might be able to grab an open line. So keep trying. I'm going to get right back to the phone calls. We're off to Mississippi. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. Well, good evening. What's on yeah. your mind tonight?
2: Um... I'm probably going to be heading to the truck show. I'm guessing all the regular partners will be there. And are they going to be up in that that normal spot where they've been in previous years?
5: I believe so. We're going to uh, do a show, you know, our normal pre-show on the air Monday. And that's usually when I talk to everybody and look at the map and find out. But I think... Everybody, for the most part, is where they've been in the past, you know, kind of clustered there in the, is that the West Wing, I think? Yeah.
2: Oh, I can't remember. I just remember how to get there. So I think that's it's where the, the best part of the show is.
5: I think it's the West Wing. I um, will be spending most of my time in the North Hall because I've got a seminar every day and all the seminar rooms are in the North Hall. I have appearances in the truckstop.com booth every day and I they're in the North hall and I think I'm doing a round table with Sirius XM and that's in the North hall.
2: What day is that um, that round table when are they doing
5: that? uh I think it's Thursday at noon the first day
2: okay I'll miss that one then. So, yeah okay, that's all I got.
5: All right, that's all I need. Thanks for the call. Paul, you sound a little tired tonight, too. Is that uh, just the midnight thing? You're usually so lively on the weekends. Let's go to Tennessee. Michael, welcome to the program.
9: Hey, Kevin. Um, I guess this might be a stupid question, but I apologize. I'm a company driver, and I'm trying to find an accountant that knows knows the trucking business.
5: Okay. Uh, I assume you mean for the tax return that's coming due here in about 30 days, right?
9: Yes, sir. I just uh, got my taxes done with h Block. I paid $400 to have the taxes done, and they had no idea about how to do the trucking stuff.
5: So, there's... so I'm
9: trying to find how what what I should do.
5: Yeah, so there's really only one big issue that they need to understand, and and they normally don't, and that's per diem. Did you get paid any per diem at all? Yes, sir. Uh, Do you know how much? The
9: company that I I drive for takes care of it. Um, I want to say... 10 cents a mile or something that they, they do with that.
5: Okay, so let me ask you a couple other questions then. Are you married or single? Married. Do you have a, a sizable mortgage? Do you pay a lot of mortgage interest or real estate tax?
9: No.
5: Uh, do you make large charitable contributions? No. Your tax return thirty
9: eight cents a mile. Okay.
5: Your your tax return is probably just fine. Um, because the the big issue that, that they tend to screw up is the per diem. But you've you received most of the per diem you qualify for. You know, I'm gonna guess at ten cents a mile you probably got paid ten or twelve thousand dollars in per diem. And you don't have any other big itemized deductions like mortgage interest, real estate tax, charitable contributions, those kind of things. So I, I think your tax return's probably just fine. I, it, I, if, if I did it, I doubt that I'd be able to find much. Uh, in fact, I would end up charging you more than I would save you, I'm sure. Now, if, if there were a per diem issue, then I would say you should probably at least get it looked at. But since you got paid the per diem, I really don't think you have anything else to deduct. And this is the last year that per diem or any of these trucking issues are ever going to matter. Next year, you won't do any of this stuff. Next year, there's a very good chance you could do your tax return yourself. It's going to be that simple, I believe. So I don't if I were you I really don't think I would look or spend any more money to have anybody else do it. My guess is it's just fine.
9: Okay, that's well, I guess what I was I was curious is like even though as a company driver we still have deductions throughout the year, things that I buy, you know, like microwave, clothes, stuff like that. How do you deduct that?
5: Clothes you can't deduct. A microwave for you as a driver would be difficult. Uh, We we could probably do it. Give me an idea, a a rough idea. Forget clothes because those aren't deductible. Uh, Give me a rough idea of what you think you spent. Give me a dollar amount on things that you think might be deductible.
9: Um, entertainment nah, oh, would you, be I, like the entertainment uh, video game.
5: Entertainment is not deductible.
9: Okay, okay. Well see that's why the, I've only been doing this for four years and my wife and I are just trying to figure out what you know, where can I go? What website where we can find out what deductions are. You, I use my cell phone with the company.
5: Yeah, cell phones can get a little tricky, too, because we've got to figure out percentages of personal use and, and true job-related use. Um, clothes are not deductible unless they're true uniforms. Entertainment isn't deductible at all. Okay. But let, let's, just, let's say that we were able to come up with $3,000 worth of deductions and that is a huge stretch. I bet you don't come anywhere near that number. But if we did,
9: I'm 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 probably less than 500, to be honest.
5: So so then let's look at what this means in the real world. Let's say it was 500. That would give you a te- right. that would give you a tax savings. See the deduction is not you don't when you deduct $500 that doesn't lower your tax bill by $500 it lowers your income by $500 a $500 tax deduction uh-huh. would only lower your tax bill by about 50 bucks
9: okay i understand that now Why so, i didn't before most okay the other question I'm sorry. Go ahead.
5: Well, I was going to say most people don't understand that they think if they have that deduction, they're going to save that much in tax. So that's why I was going to say, even if you had three thousand dollars worth of deductions, it might end up being a break-even because you're going to have to pay somebody three or four or five hundred dollars to do the return again. So and there's just no way you're going to come out so ahead. So yeah, I, I'd leave this one alone. All
9: right. Also. Also, the other question, and I, I know you're real big on owner-operators and stuff. How does one get started to looking into that going from company driving? Would you suggest? Uh,
5: I have a class that teaches that, and you're about uh, five days too late. Um, I, I teach a class. Okay. Uh, it's a 16-week class. And I, I teach it online. There's, you have access to the material. I have um, audio you can listen to while you drive down the road. There's videos you can watch. We do a webinar every week where you can ask questions. Now, if you're not in a hurry, um, when this 16-week class is over, I will start another one. So roughly 16 weeks is uh, four months, and then I usually take a month off to give me a break. So roughly about five months from now, I'll be starting another class just like this one.
9: And will you be uh, telling us when it's going to start on the radio?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And you can always go to the website and see it all there. It's Let'sTruck.com.
9: Okay. Well, Kevin, I thank you very much. It's been very informative. You have a great day and thanks for everything
5: you do. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, we, uh, even though that next class isn't going to start for about five months, um, we will open up registration for it here soon. Within the next couple of weeks, we'll open up registration for that class. So um, the last two have been, you know, sellouts at over a hundred people in each class fully expect the next one to be so we're going to open up registration early and let people get signed up for that oh there's the music I'm going to get to the break and when I come back I've got one more segment I'm going to get to as many calls and questions as I can stick around we'll be right back I'm Kevin Rutherford
4: Join us for the 2018 CMC Live Seminar, the biggest, baddest educational event dedicated to the trucking industry. This event takes place September 17th through the 21st at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs, Iowa. This five-day seminar focuses solely on the unique challenges and opportunities that truck drivers face every day, not only on the job, but in all facets of life. Learn from the industry's top leaders, network with fellow drivers, and start running more effective and profitable businesses. Spots are filling up fast. Don't miss this opportunity to take action on your business, your life, and your future. Together, we can help you master the journey register online at let's com, or call our tribe care team at 855-800-FUEL with any questions that's 855-800-3835 hey audio road listener what is your profit per mile how about your cost per mile or even your bottom line stop driving blind and know your numbers profit gauges is absolutely simple bookkeeping specifically for owner operators Have instant access to business and tax reports that will help you increase your profits and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Sign up for Profit Gages today and take advantage of our 30-day free trial. Know your numbers and master the journey. Visit our website at Let'sTruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
6: Did you know that 35% of fuel economy can be attributed to your driving habits? Use the ScanGauge KR to maximize your driving efficiency. The ScanGauge KR has built-in and programmable digital gauges that allow you to read instant fuel mileage, average fuel economy, and dozens more gauges as you drive. Get to know your truck and learn how you can improve your fuel cost and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Drive smarter and master the journey. Get yours today at Let'sTruck.com or call our TribeCare team at 855-800-FUEL. That's
1: 855-800-3835. Let fuel gauges help you master the journey. Visit our website at letstruck.com or call tribe care team at 855 800 fuel. That's 855 800 3835.
5: I'm Kevin Rothford. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We are off to Kansas City this time. Ken, welcome to the program.
2: Well, welcome, Kevin. Thanks for taking the call.
5: Yeah, what's on your mind tonight?
2: You got a uh, oil sample from... Well, I had... uh, I went uh, and lost my mind and got one of those pesky uh, emissions trucks. (laughs) Okay. Anyway... All right. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, this oil sample got sent over to you.
5: You know, and there's something unusual on this oil sample. So I almost never read the comments because I don't need to most of the time. Um, And I looked at this oil sample, and I immediately thought, well, we've got a minor coolant leak. You may not even be seeing, you know, any real drop in level yet. And it looks like we're getting dirt somewhere. And... Then, for some reason, I decided to read the comments, and there's something in there that I haven't seen before. It actually says that the silicon might be a coolant additive. I'm going to have to look into that. I've never seen that before. I've always seen silicon just show up as dirt, and I've seen lots and lots of oil samples with coolant that never had silicon. But this one actually says it could be a coolant additive, so um, I believe the lab. There's a, I just
3: there's
2: a, sto- a story, but
5: okay, go ahead. Well,
2: we'll have to give you a little uh, back background to this. Uh, got the truck the first week of February. First trip out and back went through about a gallon and a half of coolant, and it was the EGR cooler. Um, so that's been replaced. Okay. When the truck, when I got the truck, it had new, it had fresh oil in it. So prior to that, an oil sample wouldn't have probably told me anything, right? You know, I I initially thought there was there was no oil on the dipstick when I pulled it out. It was so clean. So, but uh, I still got the same oil in it, you know. And I'm just going to probably keep watching. Do you think that's going to be a problem with those numbers? I don't think, you know, they're pretty low.
5: Oh no, yeah. They well, here's sure. the thing. It, this is where I'm a little confused. If This silicon was dirt at 34. I would say get that oil out of there because if it's dirt, it's going to polish the cylinders. And 34 is pretty high, but if it's an additive in the coolant, uh, it may not hurt anything. But again, this is new to me, and you know, I've read a lot of oil samples, so I normally don't see new things like this. you know, we are going to have Tom Bach on the show Monday, so I will ask him this. Tom will absolutely know the answer to this, so it looks like I'm about to learn something new as well. Um, even if this were dirt, I wouldn't worry about it between now and Monday. Um, so I uh, will uh, I need to make myself a note somewhere so I remind remember this. Uh, when I've got Tom on, I'm going to ask him about this.
2: Yeah, and I'll probably you'll probably well if I see him he'll be down and if he'll be down in uh, Louisville and we'll probably look you up down there too sometime. Yeah, we'll yeah, probably I, him to you. I, I don't and, uh, and I say and that's also got just about uh, two weeks with an OPS on it too.
5: Okay, on good,
2: that, uh, good oil sample.
5: Yeah, I don't see this being a big problem. I, I'm going to go with the lab that this is silicon as an additive and if that's the case, it's probably not hurting anything. It's kind of like when we take the valve cover off and we get into the top of the engine, we always see that silicon number spike, and we don't worry about it because it's usually the sealants and some of the other chemicals that they use while yeah. they're in there. Yeah, yeah. and and that... Yeah, the, you know, the
2: in, intake side was disassembled on this too while they were doing that.
5: See, so um, this could be a combination of, of both. Yeah, it could be. Maybe there is a coolant additive that shows up as silicon, and they had the engine apart. That's probably why we're seeing 34.
2: Yep. And I'm still chasing down a few coolant leaks that I'm fine. i got to put a new blower pipe on it tomorrow, and i got some other little external leaks I see that, you know. Yeah. The foibles okay. of buying a used truck.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's always something, but I I, I don't see anything here that I would worry about. I'd leave that oil in there.
2: I'll run it at least to twenty five thousand before I do anything with it and sample it and see what it looks like then. Yeah, it, I just kind of wanted to get a base a base number.
5: And Lisa's on top to what, of things. What's she, going on in this thing? Lisa has already entered a reminder into my calendar system that will show up on Monday when I'm talking to Tom, so I'll remember to ask him about this.
2: Yeah. Hey, thanks, Lisa.
5: Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> All right.
5: She's taking care All of us. All right,
2: well, have a good evening. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back tonight. And, uh, enjoy your weekend off.
5: Yeah, boy, I'm I'm looking forward to it here. I have uh, six minutes and counting, and then it's the weekend for me. I've been able to say that in 12 years. Um, it's kind of interesting. I know I sound a little tired this time of night, but it's funny some of the regular callers. You guys also sound a little tired this time of night. Let's go to California. Mark, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you for taking my call, Kevin. How are you tonight?
5: Good. What can I help you with?
3: Um, got an IRA question on the tax return. I was under the impression that if you did a joint return and your spouse and yourself had two separate IRAs that you each got, a, uh, we're both over 55, so we're going to get an accelerated amount, but 6500 a year per person. Uh, Is that true or is that not true?
5: That is true. Uh, In fact, that's why the I in the IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. All retirement accounts, whether they're KEOs, SEPs, 401Ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, Simples, might be missing a couple in there, they're always individual. There's never a joint number and there's really no such thing as a joint account.
3: All right. So even though you're filing jointly, you should get to count each of your each of the spouses' as, IRAs as separate so you
5: as you should have as 13, long as as me. long as let me clarify one thing, as long as you both have income.
3: well we both had income for the year.
5: Okay. That that is the qualifier. My wife,
3: my wife worked Right, okay. So if, if for some reason well she's not employed right now but she did work was working part-time last year for the first quarter or a little a little bit more than the the first quarter then her company got closed down so she she didn't work after that but she did have income for the during yeah. the year.
5: Yeah, and for an IRA, this is where it can get a little tricky with different kinds of accounts, but for an IRA, all she has to have to qualify for the 6500 is 6500 in income. In an IRA, you're allowed to contribute all of your income if you want up to that 6500 In some of the other types of accounts, it's actually a percentage of your income that you're allowed to contribute. So as long as she earned at least sixty five hundred last year she'll be able to contribute that.
3: Okay, so if she earned less than that, the maximum you could contribute to her account would be
5: Her what earnings. She,
3: what her her W two yeah, her W two earnings were.
5: Yep, that's correct.
3: Okay. All right. Okay. I'm gonna have to talk to my accountant and then Using somebody else through the slash this for this for 17, so I'm gonna you, be using you guys next year. But I'm gonna have to talk with him again. So he called me today, he was confused on it. Sounds like from what you're telling me,
5: yeah. Um, you know, there's always it, our tax code is complicated, um, but it, so that it never hurts to get a second opinion based on what you're telling me. I don't see any reason. Why you there's no reason I can think of even even though our tax code is complicated and there's always some weird situation. There's nothing I could think of that would would not allow her to make a contribution, at least as much of as the income as she earned. And if it's a if it's an IRA, you have until April 15th to do that. It's not something you had to do last year.
3: I knew that part. Yeah. All right. And the other thing is, um, if for some reason uh, we filed separately, at this point he seems to think if I file separately that I can – I'll come out ahead, but I don't, I don't know. It the, just depends, I guess.
5: Very, very seldom does that ever work. There has to be some, like, weird circumstance – um, are you an owner-operator or a company driver? No, owner op Did you buy any equipment last year?
3: Uh, nothing more than just for repairs. Okay.
5: Yeah, it, filing separate, there's actually some downsides, especially in a, in a business and some other things. But, again, I'm not looking at the tax return, so it makes it a little tough. Um, I can't imagine what circumstance would have you filing separate. There are very few where it works out. I've got to wrap it up. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. Kevin Rutherford.